0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit com slash donate. Thank you for listening. In preparing for this message and thinking about the approaching anniversary of the terrorist attacks on 9-11, I thought long and hard about all the recent events that would seem to suggest that our nation and indeed the entire world, seems to be spiraling out of control. Between COVID-19, the earthquake in Haiti, wildfires in California, Hurricane Ida, and any number of weird and unusual catastrophic events, it seems to me that we are on a path barreling towards sudden and certain destruction. People have generally become unhinged, and we seem to be like a rudderless ship sailing waywardly on an ocean of despair. My intent here is not to sound like an alarmist, but if you are like me, I think you two just might be noticing that things seem to just be getting from bad to worse. What? dare I say, on earth, is going on. It's hard not to think that all this chaos and confusion that we're witnessing is not somehow our own fault and of our own doing. Are we the reason for all these viruses and even global warming? I'm asking the question because I don't know. Furthermore, it seems to me that we are so despairing that there is a part of me that would like to just quit And start over. Somehow, if we could just get a do over, that would help. Are are we somehow missing what God has intended for us because of our own ignorance and because of our own disobedience? Look with me again at what it says in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy, the 20th chapter and the first to the second verse. And it read, Now it shall be, If you diligently obey the Lord, your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord, your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord, your God. To be set high above the nations and to have blessings that overtake us has a condition. And so as I thought long and hard about all of these recent events and thinking about the possibility of a do-over, I thought I would preach a message of hope, which I have titled, Get Set to Reset. Get Set to Reset. Let us pray. Lord, you are already here. So, Lord, speak, for your children are listening. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I happen to really enjoy the game of basketball. I must admit that though I had not really kept up with all of the seasons over the past few years, simply because it's kind of really hard to be... a New York Knicks fan, I, <laughs> I, I, I suffered some trauma during the years of the great rivalry between the New York Knicks and the Chicago Bulls. And I have some serious flashbacks of Charles Smith trying to make that layup right underneath the basket during the championship game at Madison Square Garden in 1993. Some of you know what I am talking about. But be that as it may, there are some things about the game and the way that the game is played that serves as a great metaphor for some of the things that we are experiencing in our lives right now today. For those of you, and I don't take it for granted that everyone understands the game of basketball, let me just give you a quick summary of how the game works. It is a team sport in which two teams are opposing each other, each team made up of five players each, and they run up and down a rectangular court with the primary objective of shooting a basketball into a net of their defender's hoop, mounted high on a backboard, at each end of the rectangular court. The teams go back and forth, down the court, dribbling the ball, trying to score as many baskets as they can. And ultimately, the team that has the most points, when the time runs out, wins the game. That's the game of basketball in a nutshell. Now, there's a lot of things that go on during this game. Back in 1944 to 1955 season, the National Basketball Association, which we know to be the NBA, is the governing body of the sport. And they introduced all the rules of the game. And back then, they introduced, for the first time, something called the 24-second shot clock. The clock was instituted in an effort to sort of speed up the game and to make it a little bit more exciting. Now, now the shot clock actually starts. The 24 second shot clock actually starts when the team gains possession of the ball for the first time. And once they have control of the ball, they dribble down the court and they have 24 seconds to make a legal shot into the basket. They have 24 seconds to do this. So they pass the ball all around, watching the shot clock as it counts down, trying to make the basket just before the time runs out. Now there's two things I want you to know about the 24 second shot clock. First, once the clock starts, if there is a foul or if there's a deflection of the ball or if the ball goes out of bounds, the clock will be put on hold. This means that when the game is restarted, it picks up where the clock was stopped. So the clock was stopped after 18 seconds. When the game is restarted, the team in possession will only have six seconds remaining to make a shot. The second thing I want you to know about this 24-second shot clock is that once the clock starts... If the team in possession loses the ball, or if a rule violation occurs, or if there is an egregious foul that is committed, or if the shot hits the rim and bounces off, then the clock gets a reset. In other words, it's not restarted, it is reset. Now this is really important, brothers and sisters, if you are tracking and following with me. There's a difference between a restart and a reset. You see, with a restart, you can only pick up where you left off, and the time that was lost can never be recovered or recaptured. You have to simply pick up where you left off and continue the journey forward. That's a restart. However, a reset is very different, because what this means is now you have a whole new opportunity to begin again. Under this scenario, there is nothing to recover or even to recapture. Only another chance to make it right. Another chance to complete the play. Another chance to score. Another chance to finish strong. This is a reset. Another opportunity to begin again. Now, brothers and sisters, Like any sport, basketball is governed by a set of rules that provides boundaries for how the game is to be played. These rules are clear. And over the years, they have proven to be right. And they've been tested to the limit so that there are almost no ambiguities that can go on in the game without some kind of enforcement. They are specific. They are intentional in their purpose. They make sure that anyone who decides to play the game have an equal opportunity to use their skill, not their privilege, or even, dare I say, their pigmentation and skin color to determine the game's outcome. And to make sure that this is the case, that every game follows the same pattern, played by the same rules, with no favoritism, the game has a referee. You see, the referee is the person who is highly skilled in the knowledge of the game, fully qualified to enforce the rules of the game. And now, brothers, I kind of did this simply because I want to make sure that you understand how the game is won, how you can play the game, what's required in order for you to come out ahead. I need you to know that there are strict rules that if you obey the rules then the two major aspects of the game, namely obedience to the referee and obedience to the rules of the game, can ensure that that you will win. This we will see is critical as we think about getting set to reset. In terms of context, the book of Deuteronomy is one of the most significant books in the Old Testament. Its influence in the New Testament is without question. And if you ever take the time to really study the New Testament, you will see that very often the Apostle Paul and even Jesus himself, they quote from the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy stands, in fact, as one of the greatest books in the Old Testament because its structure and its design actually sets the rules for the game. In our text found in Deuteronomy, the 20th chapter and the 1st through the 2nd verse, we come to a section of the scripture where God is now giving the nation of Israel their game plan. After all they've been through and after all that they've experienced, these Israelites have now come to the place where they know or at least should know the God they serve. You see, these Israelites, they have seen God do a few things. They'd seen him part the Red Sea and deliver them from Egyptian bondage. They've seen this God overcome the Amalekites who dared to rise up against them. They've seen God provide manna and quail when they were hungry, and they had seen him provide water from a rock when they were thirsty. Likewise, many of you, my brothers and sisters, you've seen God do a few things in your life as well. You've seen God get you out of financial difficulty. You've seen God turn around that difficult relationship with your spouse or your loved one. You've seen God redirect your wayward children. You've seen God bless you with a good friend. He's blessed you with an opportunity that you know you did not deserve. You've seen God save your life time and time again when you know that you should be dead. You've seen God give you another chance. So God, as the cosmic referee, was giving Israel their blueprint and the plan for how they will be able to enjoy the blessings that he has set before them. In fact, God makes it quite clear. God makes the game plan quite clear when he says, Now... It shall be if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. In other words, if you follow the rules of the game, If you keep within the boundaries of his word, you will win. But as you and I know, Israel, Israel, oh, Israel, did not follow the rules, and neither do we. Now, it's important, brothers and sisters, for you to understand that in the world of ancient Israel, the world of ancient Israel, their whole system of worship revolved around establishing what you and I know to be the holiness of God. It is for this reason why they had holy people, the priests, with holy clothes in a holy land, worshiping at a holy place, using holy utensils and holy objects, celebrating holy days and living by a holy law. All so that they might become a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In fact, back in Exodus 19, God himself said to them, you yourselves have seen what I did to those Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my commandments and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own special possession among all the peoples and all the nations for all the earth is mine and you shall make me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So there is a sense, brothers and sisters, that the way to achieve God's favor and his blessings is to achieve a state of holiness that becomes a kind of moral checklist. It's a way for Israel to win in the game of life during difficult times. These rules were not set up for debate or discussion. They were not there for compromise or negotiation. They were simple and they had life and death implications. He sets the rules. He manages the plays. God is the referee. He ejects the players that exceeds the number of fouls. God is clear on the instructions and there are no ambiguities. Such is the context for the text in Deuteronomy. While Israel failed often to keep the commandments and to adhere to the rules, their lives were marred by multiple fouls and ejections, multiple deflections and out-of-bound passes, numerous timeouts, and never being able to recover or even restore what was lost. The 24-second shot clock was looming. With each restart, time was running out. For many of you, you can relate to this. In our very own lives, we too have been plagued by missed opportunities, poor decisions, leaning to our own understanding. And in the game of life, even playing by the rules of society's game, you still come up short with a rigged and unfair justice system, unequal access to both employment and educational opportunities. Unfair housing practices, redlining, a hostile racial environment, the scourge of police brutality, limited access to quality healthcare and education. Furthermore, compound that with this pandemic and what you have is a losing game with no way to recover and restore what was lost. The 24 second shot clock keeps looming And with each restart, we try, we try, we try, but time is running out. But brothers and sisters, it's high time to get set for a reset. You see, resetting is about understanding the priorities in what we are coming to call a new normal. It's not about being able to go back and recover or restore the old way of doing things. Resetting is about restarting the 24 second shot clock and not just picking up where we left off. It's about understanding the new territory, consciously recognizing that the tools of yesterday can no longer be used for today or even tomorrow. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying in your spirits, church. As I stated before, When God gave Israel the rules, they were clear, but they were only to help Israel see their shortcomings and their inabilities, much like what we're seeing today. The rules of engagement in a COVID-19 pandemic world serves only to expose our vulnerabilities, but it has come, it has come that we may now see the rules of the game. And so we may learn how to live a life of love and worship in this flawed society. It's being challenged by social distancing, hand washing, mask wearing, and self isolation. But brothers and sisters, I've come to tell you that God knows the end from the beginning. And even with civil unrest and racial profiling, we see people from all over the world, all different ethnicities, shouting Black Lives Matter. Why? Because they all know that the 24 second shot clock buzzer is about to go off, resetting is about charting a new course and establishing a new assignment. It's an assignment that is going to require a game plan unlike any that we've ever seen before or experienced. Church, stay with me. It's an assignment that will be bold and courageous enough to forget the former things, to not dwell on the past, to see that God is doing a new thing. Watch as it springs up. Do you not? perceive it? God is making a new way in the wilderness and and streams in a wasteland. In other words, don't dwell on what was. Israel, you were delivered from the Pharaoh, but don't dwell on that. Daniel was delivered from the lion's den, but don't dwell on that. The civil rights movement was great But don't dwell on that. A black man became president of the United States. But don't dwell on that. Now, to be clear, I'm not suggesting that we forget the past. I'm simply saying don't dwell and don't live there. For if you are dwelling on the past, dwelling on what was, then you'll be looking for something old and miss. Something new. This, my brothers and sisters, is what resetting has to be about. It's about respecting our extraordinary history, but also looking forward to embracing our most incredible future. Church, we don't need to explore and worry. We don't we we, we really need to confront the fears and the resistance to change while learning that change is necessary, but it requires our sacrifice. So What does all of this, pastor, have to do with basketball? I get Israel, and I get all of that, the rules. But what does all of this have to do with basketball? Well, in the game of basketball, a weak team is always doomed to restarts when faced with a formidable foe. Like the New York Knicks back in 1993 against the Chicago Bulls, you and I were doomed to numerous holes and fouls and restarts, trying hard to play by the rules while being crushed and defeated at every turn by the enemy of our soul. Now, just to be clear, I'm not calling Michael Jordan anything bad. I'm just simply saying that the Knicks was having a hard time going up against this formidable enemy. And you can still hear the the, the sadness in my soul. We try hard and, and, and we try but we keep fouling out and time was running out for the rules of the game is clear. If you diligently obey the Lord your God being careful to do all his commandments which I command you today the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God so what happened was our divine referee he saw that we had no chance But in his immutability, being that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he's not a man, Ken, that he should lie, that he cannot, Reverend Nefty, go on his word. He too was powerless to change the rules of the game because he was the one. That made the rules of the game. So instead of changing the rules, instead of constantly punishing and forgiving and punishing and forgiving and letting the people bring sacrifices again and again, constantly having to restart the 24-second shot clock after every time you and I sinned, our divine referee sent a ringer into the game. (laughs) Our divine referee saw that we couldn't win this game on our own, but he couldn't change the rules. He was bound by the rules. So he sent someone who could play by the rules, but also win the game. He sent a ringer into the game. You see, God knew that none of us could keep the law as we could. In fact, while obedience is better than sacrifice, obedience in everything in the law is impossible for you and for me. Such is the nature of our sinful condition. It is a handicap which has caused us to be players in a game that we cannot win by ourselves. Are you hearing me, church? Yes, we might have experienced an occasional free throw. Yes, we might have experienced maybe even a nice Layup, we may have even gotten a three-pointer somewhere in our lives, but in reality, you're still losing the game because while you can play hurt, none of us can play injured. God sent the divine. Ringer into the game. God gave us laws new laws. He said I want you to understand my holiness I want you to understand that what I require of you is well beyond you But fear not for I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I'm sending you someone that you're going to put on his jersey. You're going to put on. He's going to be sitting on your bench and at the right moment when things seem to be all gone, the referee is going to blow the whistle. Tweet Time out because now we're going to send in The substitute and when he comes into the game he looks around and you may have a Michael Jordan you may even have a Scottie Pippen whatever you may have even a LeBron James what you've got is Jesus the Christ and when he makes a dunk he only dunks one time and the game the game is over one dunk one dunk and the game is over I don't know what you're hearing in your spirits. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the question is, whose jersey are you wearing? Whose jersey are you wearing? Because if you're on the team that's wearing a black jersey, you might need to be on the team that's wearing the red jersey. The red jersey that covers us by Jesus' blood. Because if you got on that jersey... And Jesus is on your team. Then my brothers and my sisters, the rules have already been followed. The game is already fixed. Jesus is already winning on your behalf. But like every game, it follows the same rules. He can't just jump into your game. He's got to wait for the timeout. And he's got to wait for the referee to make that call. And when the referee makes that call, Jesus. The coach looks to the bench and say, what do I need to do to help my brother and my sister who is fighting so hard dribbling that ball for the last 30, 40 years or whatever of your life, trying to get to the other side, trying to make ends meet, and you're bouncing and you're bouncing and you're training, but you just can't seem to make it down to the end of the court, then I'm telling you, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you that Jesus sits on the sidelines of your game, and he raises his hand, and he says, Put me in. Put me in the game. Yeah. Put me in the game. Are you ready to put Jesus in your game? Because if not, brothers and sisters, time's going to run out. And far be it from us to know how long we have left on that 24-second shot clock. Yeah. Time is running out. Jesus says, though I tarry, wait for it. But I come, I come soon. Time is running out. So my brothers and sisters, it's time to get set for a reset. Let him in the game. He'll restart your 24 second shot clock and he will dribble with you and pass the ball to you down the court in the game of life. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But when you read further down into Deuteronomy, this is what it says. If we diligently obey our divine referee, paraphrasing, and careful to follow the rules of the game, then this is what the text says. We will see God's blessing inside the city. God's blessing in the country. God's blessing on our children, the crops of our land. The young of our livestock, the calves of our herds, the lambs of our flocks, God's blessing on our basket and bread bowl, God's blessing in our coming in, God's blessing in our going out. So church family, I want to let you know that as you get set to reset with all the mess that's happening in the world around us today, your game is already fixed. Your team was losing and losing badly, but Jesus came off the bench, and when he entered the game, he didn't miss a shot for you and for me. Jesus is our ringer because he is on our team. We have a new assignment to walk boldly into uncharted territory. Jesus never lost a game. So with all that the Bible teaches... Believe it. And whatever it commands you to do, do it to the best of your ability. Get set to reset. But first, let Jesus get in your game. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.